Welcome to the FarmSafe podcast brought to you by the Great Plains Center for Agricultural Health. In the blink of an eye, an injury can change your life and your farm forever. During each episode, we share firsthand stories and real life tips for making safer and healthier decisions while on the farm. Thanks for tuning in to this very special FarmSafe podcast dedicated to the memory of our friend, family man, mentor, colleague, and farmer, Dr. Paul Gunderson. Paul died last December at age 82. My name is Jen Patterson, and I'm the center coordinator at the Great Plains Center. In my own experience, Paul was always the nicest guy in the room, and I am truly honored to remember him on our podcast. I got to know him over the past few years as he served on our external advisory board. I thought our listeners would appreciate just a few of the very many wonderful things people have had to say about him. Our guests today talk about Paul as a hardworking researcher, a passionate role model, a helpful and dedicated mentor, a pastor, a community member, and simply a kind-hearted man who wanted to help make farm workers safer and healthier. That's a pretty lofty legacy. Barb Lee, director of the Marshfield Clinic and longtime friend of Paul's, shared some of his unique qualities. Barb went way back with Paul. She knew him before she worked at Marshfield for eight years as she worked with him, and they even continued working together after Paul, quote, unquote, retired in 2000. Barb, let's start with a big question. What's up with the cowboy hat that Paul was often photographed wearing? That was actually a gift to him from the National Academy of Sciences after he had chaired actually a review of NIOSH, and it was like a year-long review, and people just loved him so much. And they had to do all these special measurements. They got the hat. It was just beautiful. And it cost him like twice a year, he sends it in for cleaning. It was like $200 just to get it cleaned. Oh my gosh. So so you can imagine how much they spent on my hat. (laughs) That's a wonderful story. Tell our listeners something about Paul's personality so people can get an idea of the kind of guy he was. First of all, he was a farmer and he knew equipment, he knew hazards, he knew exposures, and he was a good role model. He practiced safe farming. So he was a really good role model. The other thing is that after he moved back to North Dakota, he claims he'd spend four or five mornings at the coffee shop chatting with the guys. And it was through these coffee chats that he learned what's going on in the area and what are their concerns. And then again, use his knowledge of safety to share that. I think the most remarkable thing that people say is that his overall demeanor was very personable, upbeat. Uh, It could be the roughest day and he would still sort of like chuckle and say, well, I'm not going to lose sleep over that one, even though the rest of us were losing sleep over it. And then not only just his demeanor, but his stature, you know, he's a tall guy and he'd stand like this and always (laughs) And then, you know, kind of laugh. So that just made him as as a human being pretty unique and special. And there was just something about his personality that, for the most part, people really got along with him. You know, whether they were farmers or the director of NIOSH or he's testifying in Congress, people just like Paul. He just had that that way with people that was very effective. Some others with whom I've spoken 
keep using the word mentor when referring to Paul. What's something that he taught you? He was very well read in science and in agriculture. So you could bring up almost any topic and he could say, well, in the High Plains Journal of, you know, two months ago, they actually reported on this or so-and-so from this location did some research on this topic, which I think we should look up. So very, very well read. And that really fed into his ability to think about research and research questions, research methodologies. And I'd say just the role that he had in so many like peer reviews, peer reviewing manuscripts, peer reviewing for, you know, he was the head of this NIOSH Egg Center reviews a number of times. He chaired the committees and he did these reports for National Academy of Sciences, International Labor Organization, writing up standards for that. So he was a great thinker, but a great writer and capturing all of this stuff. You know, I thought about that because initially when I would read his writing, I would think like, geez, he just writes so much. And it's so like so many words to explain one little thing. But what I learned from that is when you're writing a grant application, you have to assume that the readers don't know what you're doing and don't know agriculture. You have to make these assumptions. And that's what he taught me is you put all that stuff in there thinking it's the first time the reader has ever read this or been exposed to that. So it was a really important lesson, grant writing. What can we do to be safer on the farm in Paul's memory? I've got two suggestions. The first one is to work effectively with agribusiness and farm organizations to have really a top-down approach and influence on safety that happens at the level of whether it's corporate farm or the family farm. And I think that Paul was really working very effectively through the Agricultural Safety and Health Council of America, or ASHCA, working with the big organizations we have on the board, American Farm Bureau Federation, a national council of farmer cooperatives, mm-hmm. some of the, the big organizations and some of the big businesses and the big insurance companies. So they really appreciated Paul's ability to see things at all different levels and to push safety, as we say, through agents of influence who have the ability to kind of put their expectations out there and people have to comply. So that's the first thing. And then the other thing is really to pursue public policy options to set standards, set expectations, and, you know, things like expanding the role of OSHA and the role of child labor regulations to basically ensure that agriculture has the same level of safety standards as other industries. You know, when we think of what was his biggest impact overall on sort of this world of agriculture, safety, and health. I would say it's really looking at the big picture and then his really landmark article on suicide in farming in the Midwest. That was back in the 1980s. So he was way ahead of his time in publishing that report that showed it was during the 
financial crisis of the 1980s that the uh, farmers were really hit hard economically. And his research demonstrated that their suicide rate was twice that of, of non-farmers. So it was the first time now that somebody actually raised that as an issue. So really important. I also had the opportunity to speak with Sanjay Shukliff from the Marshfield Health System, who's been at Marshfield for the last 25 years, and also with Kat Ben-Dixon, director of the National Farm Medicine Center. Sanjay and Kat shared that they worked on one of Paul's last projects together with him. They described the experience as fun, working alongside such a great researcher with such a great personality on a really great project. I'm Sanjay Shukla. I'm from Marshfield Clinic Health System. I'm the director of the Center for Precision Medicine Research and known Dr. Paul Gunderson since my first day on the job here. He hired me and basically what he talked about for maneuver. So in some sense, Paul introduced me to the world of maneuver. I had no connection to the maneuver. I had no connection to the cows. I had no connection to the dairy workers. And uh, he he basically had a project where he wanted to investigate how the cow maneuvers are, are holding holding tank over different periods of time and then spread on the agricultural field to see how the microbiome changes during storage and also the antibiotic resistant genes, you know, do they get modified during storage? And then uh, when they're spread into the field, do they have any effect on the crops? That was his goal there. So he was working with Colorado State and an IS grant, and he asked me, you know, if he can be part of the microbiome world. I said, sure. I was just getting to the microbiome world, so I wrote that section, and then uh, it got funded. So that's the beauty of Paul, you know, he's able to get money. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was a fun work. Basically, basically, you know, we just getting to the farms, collecting the manures at different, you know, holding tanks and pits at different depths, and also collecting soil samples. And we were able to publish a very good paper, you know, with Paul M. Bio Journal two years ago. Casper uh, Bendix and everyone calls me Cap. I uh, direct the National Farm Medicine Center, which was formerly uh, uh, one of the homes of, of uh, Paul's work. And uh, I've been in the field of ag health and safety for nine and a half years now and was made aware of Paul's work immediately. And, and my, my first memory was actually... Uh, at a NASCAR conference, and uh, it was nice to have another cowboy hat in the room. So I met Paul and talked to Paul, and one of the things I always admired about his work is he he was always thinking in terms of the medical, right? He was thinking in terms of, of the health and, and well-being of, of farmers, but he was also thinking about livestock, and he was always thinking about uh, crops. I mean, he was thinking about the entirety of agriculture, not just the mechanics of injury or, or illness. You know, for someone in the field, like to think holistically like that as an anthropologist, I really appreciate it. I really appreciate that, you know, it was all, it's the, the value of the sum of the parts. And and so this project in particular, I mean, has repercussions for soil health and it has repercussions uh, for animal health and then for human health. And so without even kind of declaring himself a one health researcher, Paul was always thinking that way. And so I think that that was the remarkable piece that I, I admired. The other thing that I, uh, really appreciated about Paul's is he was completely open to the idea that these environments are not necessarily hazardous in every sense of the word. There might be some wellness uh, to be found in these places. The lack of GI symptoms 
um, you know, in dairy workers is also interesting. But then also the possibility of antimicrobial resistance and and that being translated over from cows to, to human i think and that that's where the health and, uh the health professionals and the safety professionals want to intervene and, and do something and, and have something to say but that all starts with just basically good research questions and curiosity which paul was pro when i came to good curiosity good well-founded curiosity and then for me it was honestly the first time in my career that I had to go out and collect biological samples. Really? So there I was with Sanjay and we were going to every, and we're driving around in my, in my pickup and we're collecting manure samples for uh, basically three or four days of, of spring and fall for a couple of years in a row. And that, and of course, results in peer reviewed papers, but the admiration that he had for us getting the job done, it was this palpable that he was really proud of it. And we took Paul with us there at the end of the study. And he was just so grateful. He was so grateful that we we mechanically got the project done. And so for someone who's junior in the field of ag health and safety to have Paul Gunderson proud of your work in the midst of doing it was a cool day for me. Now, when I spoke with Barb earlier, she mentioned that Paul had a very extensive vocabulary, a very flowery way of talking that she and her colleagues referred to as Gundersonese. She said it was flabbergasting and that Paul had a way of pontificating on things and using sayings that sounded great, even though they weren't always sure what he'd meant. And they'd have to always go back for clarification. But she thought that was unique that they had their very own dictionary of Gundersonese. Now, I'm willing to bet that if you looked up the word mentor in that dictionary, a picture of Paul and his big cowboy hat would appear right alongside it. Let's listen to Matt Nonneman, faculty at the University of Nebraska and Great Plains Center PI, Talk about Paul as a mentor. He always wanted to mentor, provide good advice and guidance to people who were starting out. And he always was supportive and interested in collaborating. And when you have people that are experienced, you know, and you're just starting out, I mean, that that's music to your ears, right? Because it's intimidating, you know, to talk to people who are really experienced, just trying to find your way. So he was always that way. I mean, every time I talked to him, he was very kind and supportive. And you just don't forget that. And finally, Renee Anthony, faculty at the University of Iowa College of Public Health and Great Plains Center director, talks about how she first met Paul and how one statement from him made a huge impact on her work and the work of the Great Plains Center. She also emphasizes why everyone who's everyone in the field wanted Paul's input, whether it was on our advisory board as the chair of the International Labor Organization's Expert Panel on Safety and Health in Agriculture, a peer reviewer and chair for the National Cancer Institute and the CDC, and the board of directors of the Agricultural Safety and Health Council of America. I'm Renee Anthony, faculty at the University of Iowa College of Public Health. Paul Gunterson had been serving as external advisor to the Great Plains Center for Agricultural Health long before I arrived at the university and long before I became involved in this Agricultural Health and Safety Center. I first met Paul at the 2013 External Advisory Committee meeting that was held in conjunction with the ISASH meeting in Sandusky, Ohio. And of course, whenever you meet Paul, it's always memorable. At that first meeting, I had introduced the committee to our Swine Barn Air Quality Project. And Paul made a single comment that influenced my work with farmers going forward. He said that, and I'm quoting, tables that explain the impact of health and safety risks that are expressed in operational costs will endear you to producers. 
Well, of course, he's totally right. And with this one statement, it influenced all of our data presentation tables to make sure we were communicating both the success of our interventions on health improvements and risk reduction, but always framing them in terms of actual costs, both capital and maintenance, with respect to production impacts. Throughout the next 10 years, Paul gave insights into his thoughts about future of agriculture, about new directions that health and safety needs to consider. In 2015, Paul and the external advisors were asked their thoughts about future directions of ag centers. Paul predicted that the future of our Great Plains Center Ag Safety and Health course at the time called Agricultural Medicine course about how we would make that big switch to online virtual training in the not too distant future at that point in time. He was always interested in emerging technologies and how they could be used to reduce the risks on the farm. These range from air quality sensors and control systems within buildings wearable proximity sensors to warn of hazardous entry conditions, and also translating technology that was available and adopted in other industries to protect the farmer. Our last face-to-face meeting was in June 2022 in my office. He was visiting, uh, set up an appointment while he escorted his wife Harriet to medical appointments across the across the road here at the University of Iowa hospitals and clinic. We talked about his family about the demands that COVID pandemic had on him and on his role as a pastor in the United Methodist Church. So he's spending a lot of time with his community in in the times of COVID. But we also talked about his lifelong commitment to helping those who are helping farmers. While his enthusiasm, expertise, and kind heart will be missed, his contributions to the ag community have helped frame the work of so many of us today. Thank you for listening to this very special episode of the Farm Safe podcast. And thank you, Paul Gunderson, for being such a caring and beloved family man, a cherished colleague, a scholar and friend. You will be missed and are missed by many, but you'll never be forgotten by those who were fortunate enough to have known you. We want to hear from you. Share your stories about health and safety issues on the farm, about injuries that have made you change the way you work, or about the ways you keep yourself and others safe on your farm. Also, let us know if there are any topics that you want to hear about on the air. You can visit our website at gpcah.org or email us. Original music for the Farm Safe podcast was written and performed by Ben Schmidt. This work was funded by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, part of the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health's Great Plains Center for Agricultural Health.